independent thoughts, independent life. This is Chad Benson. This is the Chad Benson Show. My name is Craig Collins filling in. Chad is back on Monday. Thrilled to be here. It's not like any news broke over the last uh, 24, 48 hours or so uh, that we have stuff to talk about. I am going to play part of what uh, Attorney General Merrick Garland said yesterday, and then I'm going to play a different version of the same press conference, the one I envision uh, that would have been just as valuable. Uh, Some things to consider before I play, I guess, the newsworthy moment uh, from that press conference. Uh, He showed up 45 minutes late, which makes no sense. I don't understand how these press conference things always show up, always start so much later than when they're announced. You announce it that day. Like, is is Garland the kind of guy who texts you from bed when he's still very far away from whatever thing you're going to meet him at if he's a friend of yours, like a lot of people do, and he's like, be there in two minutes, but hasn't started any of the process of getting ready yet? I don't know. Uh, but anyway, here is the newsworthy moment, if that's what you want to call it, uh, within that press conference from the other day. I personally approve the decision to seek a search warrant in this matter. That was pretty much it as far as newsworthy things goes. He could have said that and then just left. Or, and this is my other idea, when asked any questions about what they were actually looking for, and I know other news has broke since, it's just something I definitely feel strongly about as far as the value or lack thereof of the uh, Merrick Garland press conference. Uh, But as far as what they were looking for, the the reason to raid a former president's home, all that stuff, we got nothing on that. So my suggestion in the future, if you intend to tell us almost nothing, waste a bunch of people's time, as far as showing up there, being late in general to it. If you want to do all that, just play kids making fart noises instead. To me, that would be hilarious and basically the same thing. You're trolling us. So I have, I think this is an hour long, a piece of audio of kids making fart noises. And the next time anyone wants to call a press conference and tell us basically nothing, just do this. (laughs) Am I a juvenile to find this funny? Yes. Am I happy that it's children that are making the fart noises? Also, yes, because they seem very happy as they're doing it. <laughs> uh, that, that one first kid, uh, that second to last kid actually there, he went uh, armpit, which is very smart. And then the little girl said that she just went that road because sometimes she hears things out of the restroom from Pop. Uh, but no, honestly, like it would have been just as valuable if if most of these press conferences that no, have no intention of telling us actually any sort of information whatsoever, just don't do it. Just do something else to show us how little you respect or care about our opinion. Now, granted, since then, and Garland did say that the uh, government was moving to unseal the warrant itself. Uh, former President Trump on his social media platform, Truth Social, said they wouldn't fight the release of that at all. They actually want all the information out with the people. Uh, I saw several lawyers for the former president pop up on all kinds of news channels and say versions of we're not thinking we're going to fight any of this release uh, at the same time. Uh, we're not sure that any of that information will be terribly valuable. Uh, the truth is that the real information, the valuable stuff um, is affidavit things and other deeper dive uh, record things that the government has no intention of ever releasing. So the, uh, the warrant itself and some of this will give us very little additional information. It's almost like kids making fart noises. Uh, not quite as bad. I think we might learn something. Uh, One other thing I want to play real quick, and then I'm going to move on from this topic for now, but I will talk uh, the potential for nuclear secrets to be part of what they're looking for. That was according to the Washington Post. I will do that in a bit. But I just want to play this audio. I I liked it so much when I saw it. So people showed up outside Trump Tower 
uh, for the last few days. They've been protesting the former president, screaming, arrest Trump and whatnot. Uh, and this was, again, I think also before the Washington Post report. Uh, but one gentleman gets interviewed on one of those talking head stations. And this is the way that this interview goes. I love this so much. Is this unprecedented to arrest a former president for not well, turning in documents? Well, I a former president that had committed this many provable criminal acts. But what are the provable criminal acts, I guess? <laughs> provable criminal acts. The provable well, ones. Mm, I just said that. I'm just, I, I, I'm done talking. My favorite. I'm, I'm done. I'm done talking. I can't. I, you know, um, I'm here. I'm protesting. We brought our friends. There's like 10 of us. And we're here because we need the president, the former president to be arrested for all the crimes he committed. Can you give me one? You know what? No, I can't. I'm, I'm busy. Was that somebody say my name? I mean, that's amazing. Uh, look, I'm not actually coming on here and trying to defend the former president uh, per se. Uh, and I know a lot of people on all sides of the aisle have really jumped on this conversation. The rating which is unprecedented we've never seen it before of a former president's home the looking for documents that may or may not be as highly classified as potential um nuclear energy secrets uh, all these things are sort of insane uh, to talk about here's my opinion why until we actually know all the information everybody rushes to the hot take opinion not just the people on social media but everybody news organizations throwing things out there we've seen this before with the former president, whether it's the Russia investigation, uh, whether it's one of the two impeachment trials, even the January 6th stuff that's going on now, and some politicians and some news organizations even comparing that to a television series or television season. But you just got to wait. You got to wait for all the information, all the valuable pieces to be out there. And then the take could be anything. If the former president was keeping stuff that he definitely shouldn't have been keeping in his personal property in Florida, uh, highly classified documents, if the amount of working with the FBI and working with those organizations winds up being less truthful uh, than what his team and he is saying as far as Trump goes, then there is a moment where eventually you say as an American, yeah, you did some wrong things here. You made some mistakes. But that's when we have all the information to the same uh, uh, in the same way. And I've seen a few different takes of this in the world of some of the uh, legal experts and people even working on the Trump team, if they were cooperating from jump, if they've been working with them, they've been putting locks on doors, whatever they've been asked of, allowing the FBI to look through any and all the information that was available on site, if all of that occurred and they still raided the guy, they did it for political reasons. Uh, so both things are possible right now, and all I want is as much information as humanly uh, possible to be given to me before I have that final take. Because I do think somebody's going to look dumb. At the end of all, a lot of people are going to look dumb at the end of all this. Uh, I don't know what side. It just depends on where the information inevitably goes. Uh, but all right. Uh, I want to play this, too. This is Stephen Colbert interviewing White House Press Secretary Corinne Jean-Pierre. What I love about this, this is an easy interview. Uh, as far as easy softball goes, Colbert, as far as a late night host who's also very politically one sided, lobbing easy questions. To Corinne Jean-Pierre, this should be a, a hit-it-out-of-the-park moment. However, I do think one of the questions was accidentally more challenging than Colbert intended it to be. It was one about the relationship with the press. The president, notorious, uh, this current president, Biden, for not being available to the press anywhere near as often as anybody before him. One thing you would certainly say about former President Trump, he liked to go out and talk to the press. 
He liked to be the guy at the, at the focal point, answering questions, giving opinions. Uh, that's something I'm sure the press sorely misses, even if they didn't like what former President Trump said. They liked how available he was. Uh, this president, not so much. And this White House press secretary struggling, I think, to be as uh, valuably evasive. I don't even know a better way to say this. As eloquently evasive as the former White House press secretary, Jen Psaki, was. It's just more obvious when she doesn't want to give an answer, when she doesn't want to lie. Uh, but so, And I know that she lies. I know that they all lie. Uh, so she says that I need to check on that. I'll get you more information later, versions of things. Uh, but here is her back and forth where she kind of tried to avoid the question altogether. I think that's really interesting when you're on a friendly show and you still don't want to talk about your relationship with the press. When, when you all uh, you know, came into office 18 months ago, one of the things uh, the goals stated was to kind of repair the relationship between that press office and the press. How was that going? And how do you do that when some members of the press won't agree on... Uh, what reality is <laughs> some members of the press some members of the press okay um <laughs> look I-, I think that's so interesting that see again softball 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 trying to reference just fox uh but i think the reality is that corinne john pierre's some members means a lot of members i think the way that i see it is my job our job is to Why? make sure that we are <laughs> delivering the facts uh, delivering no. Uh, what the president's agenda is. There you go. Delivering what the president's agenda is. And if the press doesn't like it, shut up is essentially the answer there. But I love the back and forth and even the, the little jokey version of, oh, it's just some members of the press that won't accept reality. No, actually, there's a lot of members of the press, including Fox News, including Peter Ducey, who challenge you because they know from jump in that role, you're being as evasive as humanly possible. It's like asking a child if they took candy before dinner. Uh, If you have a kid who's incredibly honest, there's a chance they tell you the truth. But otherwise, you're doing a lot of yeoman's work to get to that moment where they're like, all right, fine, I took one piece. I thought it was okay. Uh, That's the version of a conversation you get every day from the White House press secretary, no matter who it is. And no offense intended to Corinne Jean-Pierre, she just doesn't seem very good at this job. Uh, I think if you watch enough of it, you can tell when she's lying. You can tell when she's trying to avoid questions. You can tell when she's frustrated. There's a lot of moments that I don't think she hides as well as others do. All right. As I said, this is the Chad Benson Show. Craig Collins filling in. Chad is back on Monday. Uh, But this is one of the hardest working men in all of radio. Even when he has a day off, he still does some stuff. Here's some information from Chad about Rough Greens. I do love my dogs, and my dogs are happy and healthy thanks to Rough Greens. Vitamins, minerals, probiotics, omega-369. Dr. Dennis Black, I spent time with him uh, on Friday on the phone hanging out. He's got new, all this new stuff coming out, including, I'm going to say this, little Vitabites. They're incredible. Oh, my goodness. Oh, Lord, they got to have Vita gravy. Oh, it's just the dogs are going to give up. And my dogs are going to be the first uh, as they go through the testing process uh, because they're brave enough to do so. But it's got vitamins, minerals, probiotics, omega-369. You sprinkle on top of their food. Their food comes alive. My dogs are happier and healthier than ever before. Like I say, Doodle can't see anything, and he, can, and he doesn't hear very well. But he should have been gone a long time ago. But you know what? He's loving his life. More so than I could ever remember, and I love that. And it's all because of Rough Greens. Try it right now. Two-week jumpstart. Grab it right now. R-U-F-F-Greens.com slash Chad. RoughGreens.com slash Chad. Grab your free bag of Rough Greens. You cover the cost of shipping. A bag comes to you free. Try it right now. RoughGreens.com slash Chad.
check out our Chad Benson Show Facebook page where you can hang out or hang your grievances out to dry. This is Chad Benson. This is the Chad Benson Show. My name is Craig Collins filling in a couple quick, uh, to me, hilarious internet debates that exist right now. Uh, Two of them out there. One, are you showering correctly? It's a real debate. People aren't sure if we're showering correctly and they have ideas. They have suggestions. And two, how many holes does a straw have? (laughs) I'm sorry. I love the how many holes does a straw have conversation because uh, to me, uh, that conversation is an absolute example of how we can't agree on anything. Uh, People go out there and they have hot take opinions, and one of them is technically backed by science. So some people hearing this would probably be like, no, there is an answer definitively here. Uh, But it's just amazing. Uh, I can go to that one first, actually, the two. Uh, So the debate is two or one for the amount of holes in a straw. And once you put the straw in whatever product it's going in, a lot of people are saying one hole uh, because the other one is covered up by the liquid or et cetera products. Uh, A lot of other people are saying two, though. But 54% are going with the one hole situation, uh, not the two hole situation. Uh, Although I think the other argument, too, is that it's just one very long hole. Uh, that has two two sides to it. And I love the fact that I said all that on the radio. I love that I just put all that out there. Uh, so you debate. I'm not going to weigh in on this anymore. Um, so just tell us, maybe text us, or facebook.com slash Chad Benson Show, uh, facebook.com slash Greg Collins Show, if you want to tell me, and I'll just look at all the answers and enjoy them. Uh, two or one hole for the straw. Uh, the second one, internet debate, are we showering correctly? And remember, these are the same people, the internet people who get up in arms about things, they make companies worried and they, they want to change uh, maybe approaches or the names of products or logos, whatever it might be. Uh, they get up in arms and try to cancel celebrities. They also debate whether or not there's holes in straws or whether or not we're showering right. Uh, but here are the tips from the experts in the world of showering, uh, which I don't know how you get into that uh, profession exactly, but I, I want to be there. Uh, don't shower too often. Keep it short when you shower. Silly advice. Uh, showers are awesome when they go long. Stay cool. Uh, apparently, you don't want to be too hot in the shower. I don't know if I agree with that either. Uh, don't wash your hair too much or too little. Uh, they have dead cells and some valuable oils, according, again, to the experts. So you got to be careful about that. And finally, and I love this one, focus on the dirtiest areas of your body while showering. Uh, if you look it up, because this is radio, I can't show you the image. But if you look up a heat map, that's actually what it's called, of how men and women shower, you will see men focus on specific areas of their body a lot more than women. And mostly, whenever that's reported on, I think the internet or whoever it might be, they make fun of the guys. But now the experts are saying we're right to focus on those unique areas that might be the dirtiest. And the rest of us, the arms, the legs, all the stuff that you might not care about as much, even the experts now say you can leave those mostly alone. Get to those every so often uh, in the shower. All right, I also want to play this because it just made me wildly entertained today. And I feel like we need a lot of that the getting away from the serious news. Uh, I'm just burned out, and I imagine you might be too. So a guy in Florida was naked with a machete on the highway. This is a real story. And then eventually, I think, got off the highway, wound up asking somebody for their clothes. Um, And this guy's naked with a machete, which to me, a machete is the most intense weapon you can have while naked. I wouldn't be as fearful of other weapons that could potentially do more damage. Because the storage issue with the naked guy holding the machete, he's not going to be able to put it on himself uh, any other way. He's just got to wield it. So I'm, in- I'm immediately intimidated by this man. Uh, but he's demanding clothes from other people. And according to, I think this is part of the police uh, patrol audio, he was doing some other things. But don't be this guy. 
Uh, and this guy definitely got arrested and is probably going to be in some trouble. All right, got the visual on the mail. He is naked, yelling at people in the parking lot. Very animated, athletic, thick-filled. It's like a goatee. He's now walking out to traffic, middle of traffic, yelling at people. He's doing push-ups at the entrance of the food <laughs> store here. This guy's story just keeps getting better. I remember hearing a naked guy doing push-ups in the highway in Florida a little while ago. But now this naked guy wields a machete and demands clothes from other people and then does the push-ups in the middle of the highway before getting arrested. Uh, the PSA of the day, the one I'm most comfortable with, don't be this guy. Don't be Florida guy who does these things. And in all honesty, again, I feel like this could be debated. So you could reach out to us and tell me I'm wrong. Scariest weapon for a naked person to have, it's got to be a machete. Hands down. It's the size of the weapon. It's just everything about it that I feel like really makes you uh, concerned about what could be going on there. Uh, We're going to take a break in just a bit. As I said, this is Craig Collins filling in on the Chad Benson Show. After the break, I will talk more serious topics. We will get back into the accusations against the former president and whether or not we'll ever have any of that stuff verified. Uh, But for now, I guess we're just going to take a quick pause and not try to be Florida guy with a machete and no clothing. Chad Benson Show. Independent thoughts, independent life. This is Chad Benson. This is the Chad Benson Show. My name is Craig Collins filling in. Chad is back on Monday. So let's talk about it. The Washington uh, Post broke the story originally uh, that uh, FBI, the FBI was after documents that contained nuclear secrets uh, when they raided the former president Donald Trump's home in Florida. Uh, That is some kind of statement. Uh, What I think is more important, and this might sound crazy to some to say it this way, whether or not they found documents that had nuclear secrets and whether or not they knew they were going to find those documents. The Trump lawyers, uh, former President Trump himself, have said they worked with uh, the FBI closely for a while. And this is one take I saw out there. I'm going to play some audio in a second from one of those Washington uh, Washington Post reporters. Um, But if they had that kind of stuff and if the FBI knew that they had that kind of stuff for a while, they waited a long time to go get it. There is a line between when it makes sense to be respectful, and a lot of people, of course, are saying this because we've never seen something as unprecedented as the home of a former president being raided by the FBI. Uh, But there's a fine line between, hey, we need some of that stuff you took back, and hey, we need those nuclear secrets back. Uh, That's something that, again, if they actually located it, if it was actually found, I think it changes a lot of the conversation, at least for some people. But here's one of the Washington Post reporters. I think he popped up on Anderson Cooper's show, uh, but his name is Josh Dossey. Uh, Here's a little bit of what he said. Well, what we've learned is that the federal government, the FBI, was working uh, with subpoenas. They were working cooperatively with uh, the Trump folks. And then uh, at some point this summer, they decided to take a more aggressive take, partially because of what they were concerned that was there. Yeah, they just all of a sudden decided to take a more aggressive take, even though they might have for a while known. And they might have one of the Trump lawyers actually said they let the FBI look around everything, open every box, read every document, uh, inspect anything they wanted to. 
They recommended to put a lock on a door. So the Trump team did that. A little bit more from the reporter. Uh, documents about nuclear nuclear programs and multiple sources said that, that escalated their desire that they believe those documents were there to get in immediately. And it's one thing that our sources have explained to us is why you know such a step was taken uh, like it was on Monday. I think a huge question uh, will be, a huge question if I'm saying it the right way, uh, will be whether or not the FBI knew about the potential for those documents the entire time They've been working with the Trump team because then the raid does feel political. And that might, again, sound crazy if something is as important as what it is. Uh, but here's the thing that I also thought was interesting from the Washington uh, Post reporter. He admitted that a lot of presidents take a lot of stuff when they leave. Maybe not as much stuff as former President Trump took. Maybe not as important of stuff as the stuff he's accused of taking, or at least Washington uh, Post reporting says. Uh, but this is not totally uncommon. For, and not just in the world of the president, by the way, a lot of people in the world of politics or even military, some which have wound up in courtrooms with all different kinds of punishments from fines and probation to actually prison time, depending on what those things are. This is not unseen uh, versions of behavior. Uh, just the accusation and how high it's gotten now would certainly be unique. Former presidents often have take things with them that they return back uh, in time. Uh, that's happened with other, there have been handovers in the past. Yeah, what's never happened is the FBI's not raided anybody else. So the scope of what former President Trump took, you know, 15 boxes, had to give back the first time. Again, uh, you know, they took 12 more boxes out the other day, according to his lawyer. And the uh, the content of what he took really make this uh, a totally different kind of uh, experience. At least the uh, reporting that you've done so far that the Washington Post has done so far are claiming that that is the stuff. We don't know what's been found. We won't get a valuable amount of information, even as uh, things like the warrant itself uh, become something that can be publicly read and is no longer sealed. Uh, there is a valuable set of additional pieces of information. Most importantly, the affidavits, uh, the whistleblower uh, whoever it might be, I saw that a lot of people are talking about someone on the inside, someone very knowledgeable about what uh, Trump would be keeping in Mar-a-Lago. I think one report said it's it's down to like six to eight people uh, who could even know that kind of stuff. And whether or not they did whistleblow, tell the government, and the government then decided to raid uh, the home of the former president, or if all along, as one of the narratives out there is from the Trump legal team, uh, they've been working with them, so this could be politically motivated. I mean, the timing of all of it is strange, right? Uh, we're getting closer and closer to a midterm election in which I think uh, Democrats know they're definitely losing, uh, not just losing in the case of the likelihood for a lot of people to vote Republican because of the failure of Biden, his administration and Democrats who are in charge, uh, but also because of the value in the things that former President Trump had said and how those have become issues of the day. I've said this a lot, things like the border, uh, gas prices going up as much as they did. These were hallmark conversations uh, that our former president would have. One of them, he guaranteed if Biden got in office, gas prices would be ridiculously high. Gas prices are now ridiculously high. He was almost as good at predicting the future as the Simpsons. Uh, so I do think that resonated with a lot of people. I, I'm not accusing the FBI, like some will, of being a political organization uh, per se, although I do have audio, too, of a hot take in the world of a Democratic show responding to uh, those conversations by saying defund everybody again. I'm so glad we're back there. And I'm definitely kidding as I say that. But here, I'll, I'll play this, actually. This is one of Trump's lawyers. I believe this uh, uh, popped up actually on, I, I think, Fox News, uh, but one of the talking head shows. And the Trump lawyer was saying uh, very simplistically 
that they are not going to fight the release of any documents, uh, but they're not going to release them themselves, or at least it sounds like they won't, and there's a reason why. And I saw this reason get torched in social media, but I think I get it. I think I speak, and I don't have any sort of law degree, the reason why they do it this way. Let's play the audio first and figure that out. Uh, it doesn't appear at this time like we would object, but the court has ordered the Department of Justice to coordinate with us and to work on uh, you know, how that release would take place or what that would look like. Our team has responded. We have reached out to the De Department of Justice to coordinate that and have not been able to make contact. So we're waiting to hear back from them, and we're very eager. I mean, we know that people want information, and we're eager to uh, respond as best as possible in coordination with the Department of Justice. So we're just waiting to hear back from them yeah and then here's with a follow-up question why not just release it yourselves actually i think this is news nation that she's on when she's talking about this and i think this is an interesting answer as to why not just release the documents on your own at the end of an fbi right. search warrant why wouldn't you just release that yourselves well, this is part of the discussion with the Department of Justice. Of course, we're trying to do everything in accordance with the law and uh, the well, way there, there, that... There's, a, there, we've, there's absolutely nothing preventing you guys from releasing it, though. Other than decorum, I mean, we're trying to work well with the Department of Justice. We've been cooperative this entire time, and we'd like to remain cooperative, and we have reached out to them and are waiting to hear back. So You know what's so interesting about that take? And again, a lot of people torched it. They're like, just release the documents. You think they prove... Uh, you innocent. You think they proved the narrative that Trump, uh, his home was raided uh, completely illogically, uh, which is a lot of people's, I think, assumption because we've never seen anything like that before. Uh, and the decorum answer torch like, well, we're just going to wait. We're going to do this process correctly. I do think it matters, though. I do think if you look at the things Merrick Garland did say in his press conference and he barely said anything, he pointed to how Trump, former President Donald Trump, is the one that admitted or first publicized the raid itself uh, by talking about it, and I think on his social media platforms. So there is this positioning thing that happens certainly in the world of law and any sort of case that could come out where those things can get used against you. The fact that you're the one publicizing it, you're the one doing this or whatnot, uh, actually does wind up having value. So I do think if you don't fight the release of documents and if the government is okay with releasing documents, that that is a more valuable way of doing it than just putting it out there on your own. I do think decorum essentially matters, especially if you're someone that's saying that the, the government is going after me, the FBI is going after me for a political hit job. You don't want to do the stuff that they're asking you to do or challenging you to do because you don't really know the reason why they're asking you to do it. You allow them to keep making the move. I feel like it's the same uh, way as like anything you might deal with in your own everyday life where you're not sure how to respond to a situation and what you're looking for is more information first getting as much of it as possible from the team or the person that you're trying to respond to. I believe that's what's going on. So I do think they're right. And I do think it's a bit of a uh, legalese version of, of decision-making here that's going on. Uh, but I think it's something that, that inevitably will matter uh, because it disallows people like uh, Merrick Garland from going out again and being like, Hey, the former president, once again, he did stuff on his own. Uh, we didn't tell him to do it or not do it. It's his right to do it. But he's doing this stuff, and it's not us. I do think that's an excuse they're using on purpose. Uh, I want to shift gears to something else just because, again, the news of the day, is, it's so repetitive. Uh, well, except when, I guess, the president's home gets raided and maybe there's some nuclear secrets there. It's outside of that, it's fairly repetitive, fairly annoying. Uh, Biden's bad at his job. Uh, I can tell you that every day. We can get a new example all the time. So let's talk about some other stuff. Uh, a new trend, a health trend on social media, um, I think this is being popularized by TikTok. 
And I guess uh, another PSA from me today, don't do health trends from TikTok. Just don't do them. Uh, but the new, the new one is to tape your mouth shut while you sleep. This is a real thing. Mouth taping is what they're calling it. I think there's even a hashtag. Uh, you can go on the social media site and read about from the non-experts the reasons why you tape your mouth shut. Uh, it's not fully across the whole mouth, by the way. It's not prisoner style. It's just um, from the upper lip to the bottom lip, you do a, a one piece of tape. It's sort of like a, a Hitler mustache. No better way to describe it as a piece of tape that goes across the mouth uh, because the rest of it seems all right. Um, apparently, this is something that people might do because they think it somehow makes you sleep better. Uh, some of the people who are actual experts say that this is a horrible idea that could cause a lot of really negative things uh, if something were to go wrong and your mouth is taped shut. So, again, I would say, I don't know why I find this so funny. It's, it's just so stupid. Oh, people are so willing to be dumb if they think it's going to get them clicks. At least some people, mostly young people. And by the way, I'm a millennial, so that is self-hate when I say it out there. A lot of my friends have done dumb things, and then I reconsider the friendship when I see it on the social media. And then actually one more. I'm going to play this too because I just love this audio right before we take a break. And this probably is, I don't know. Uh, I don't have any kids, but I do find this funny. So a mom is trying to beg her baby to say the word mommy, and the baby shut her down pretty hard. And it went viral because of, of how uh, specific or how um, on message, whatever you want to say, how quick uh, the response was to the sing-songy, just say the word mommy. Can you say mama, mama? Can you say mama's name? No. <laughs> I don't know why I find that so funny. I just do. Uh, can you say mama's name? Nah, I'm good. Mama's name. No. Nah, I'm good on this. I feel like that's how I want to uh, wake up every day right now. And, and I'm asked if I have to keep talking about some of the politics, some of the repetitive crap that's out there. I just want to be like the baby. I just want to be like, you know what? No. No, not today. I'm feeling not that today. Uh, but I promise we'll have more of it because, I don't know, we probably need it. All right, quick break. A lot more. Uh, Craig Collins filling in on the Chad Benson Show. I say it all the time, though. Uh, Chad impresses me. He's one of the hardest working guys in all of uh, radio. And uh, I don't know, I think one of the hardest working people I've ever met. Uh, here he is, even though he's got a day off, with a message about Eden Pure. Eden Pure. Here's something that'll save you money and make your house smell delicious. It's the Oxyleaf 2 Thunderstorm. Plug it straight into your wall. You're going to get three of these things. Absolutely incredible. They're super quiet, and they do not mask the odors. They're an air purifier that doesn't mask the odor. A lot of them mask odors, but when they go off, the odors are still there. Not this. This is something completely different. It destroys the odors. And it is truly amazing. Your air will be cleaner, fresher, with a little hint of a thunderstorm. Oh, yeah. That's why they call it the Oxleaf 2 Thunderstorm. Get yours now. Use code CHAD3. Save yourself $200 and get free shipping. EdenPureDeals.com. Code CHAD3. EdenPureDeals.com. Code CHAD3. EdenPureDeals.com. Code CHAD3. Me too. Hashtag immigration reforms. Hashtag help. I'm trapped in a hashtag factory and I can't get out. The Chad Benson Show. This is the Chad Benson Show. My name is Craig Collins filling in. Chad is back on Monday. Um, I saw a couple things I thought were pretty interesting out there in the world of, I guess you'd call these relationships. Uh, the first one is a dad who's getting in a lot of trouble, uh, at least with social media. Although I totally agree with pop on this story. Uh, and I know that I'm going to be 
uh, maybe in the minority with the younger woke generation. Although I feel like a lot of people listening who don't come from that generation will also agree. So this went viral on, I think, Reddit. Uh, a young girl, 14 years old. I think she's the one that actually even put up the, the post complaining, uh, saying that her father canceled a date that she was going to go on. The reason that Pop canceled the date is because the young gentleman that wanted to take out the 14-year-old daughter of Pop uh, didn't want to meet dad first. That's got to be a red flag. That should be a red flag. I think this is a parent actually doing their job. He just said he wanted to meet the kid. He's like, all right, you're 14 years old. It's not like you're an 18-year-old uh, adult human. You're a child. Uh, and no offense to anyone that hears that. If any 14-year-olds are listening to the show, I'd be very impressed. Uh, but if you are, you're still a child. You're still a kid. And all dad wanted to do was meet the guy. And if the guy says no, no date gets to happen, that feels like a responsible uh, decision. Um, and actually, I think the girl, if she's the one complaining, uh, said that it just felt like trust wasn't really there, that she's a good kid, she doesn't do anything bad. Why wouldn't you trust her? Why wouldn't you let him meet the guy? <laughs> That's my take on this. I don't even need to go deeper than that. I just think it's so interesting that so much of social media got so upset and thinks that the, the father is going over the top or that, you know, just like all guys, somehow this is a, a guy problem. Uh, we blame men for a lot of things in our society. I was actually thinking about this the other day in a different topic. There's a few jokes that are okay right now and a whole lot of jokes that aren't okay. Any joke that targets a white dude, pretty much fair game. You're allowed to do it. No one gets canceled over it. And I think it goes insanely far in the world of then getting mad at a what seems to be a white father uh, for not letting his daughter go on a date because she can't set up a meeting so he can meet the kid that's going to take his daughter out. That's way too much hate in the world of how dare, if a mom did this, I don't even think social media is up in arms. I think they're probably in support. Uh, the other uh, relationship story, I said I had two before we take a break in just a bit. Secret spending might actually benefit a relationship. Uh, this is probably marriage and not the other stuff. Uh, but a new study found that if you have a secret spending account or something you do every so often that's not really an, an explained or talked about thing, even investment stuff, uh, that stuff might actually be valuable and your partner might eventually appreciate the decision making uh, you're doing there as long as the spending isn't reckless and out of control. As long as you haven't racked up tons and tons of credit card debt and then all, all of a sudden turn to the missus one day and be like, my bad, or vice versa. I do think it's interesting. Uh, because the surprise element of, say, buying a gift or something exists in a relationship where someone has a secret account. Uh, there's other valuable things. As I said, the world of actually investing some of that money, making decisions to turn it into something better, or even just doing something that's mutually beneficial, say, updating a room in the house. Uh, I think the kitchen is an example that's used here. And doing that through your own personal account you've built up, uh, you've saved for something important, something you guys need in a relationship but you haven't put that additional information out there for the other person to think about. It has a net positive effect, even though it might be initially considered somewhat hurtful or somewhat odd if the spending account stays in secret and goes toward other things. I think this is a very tricky situation. I think that Fox News actually was the one uh, that reported on this because uh, I definitely see it going the other way if the secret account has got a whole lot of spending on stuff that is not considered valuable or good move, uh, good financial decision-making. Uh, by another person. So uh, don't go rogue if you heard this today here. I don't want to be blamed. I don't want Chad Benson to get blamed if you go ahead and open up the credit card account and then just buy yourself a bunch of uh, uh, personal gifts that you probably shouldn't be throwing all that money at. But I do like this idea. I do think it's interesting. 
And I guess I now have to accept the idea even more that my wife loves her own little personal account that she has. She loves it. I don't worry that much about it. Quick break, a lot more. Greg Collins filling in on The Chad Benson Show. This is The Chad Benson Show. Independent thoughts, independent life. This is Chad Benson. This is the Chad Benson Show. My name is Craig Collins filling in. Thrilled to be here. Chad is back on Monday. Um, Joe Scarborough says a lot of crazy stuff. Uh, Morning, Joe. There's a bunch of times where the take is so crazy uh, that you might play it and make just a tremendous amount of fun of it. Uh, However, every so often he also says something that I think is honest, uh, which I find valuable when these happen. Uh, because I know the side of the aisle that he's broadcasting to on MSNBC. Uh, He did say this. uh, I think this was uh, earlier uh, this morning uh, to whether or not it makes sense for a lot of people to be mentioning Hillary in the emails when they're talking about the unfair application of law that could be taking place in Donald Trump's home being raided by the FBI, looking for classified documents and eventually deciding that Hillary did nothing wrong, even though the initial I saw that that was viral, too. Uh, the initial uh, press conference about the things Hillary did wrong was substantial. There were a lot of mistakes. There were a lot of acts, oopsies that were made in the world of classified documents. I'm only saying it that way because that's how people treated it. I don't think it's just an oopsies, but I find it hilarious. But anyway, here's Scarborough saying that we should probably apply these things evenly, uh, that it does make sense. And he uses Hillary as an example. Uh, I like this. Just like I've been consistent with classified materials, yes, I was concerned with uh, the the New York Times stories I read during the 2016 election about Hillary Clinton and and classified information, which made liberals' heads uh, explode. Yep. And now, of course, they think it's great that the FBI is concerned about. Yeah, because we just we just jump on a team Uh, We're you know, it's so funny outside even talking about that and just letting Scarborough's take be the take because it should be. For everybody, Uh, it should uh, be if you thought it was completely unfair, if you actually went out and bought some Hillary Clinton merchandise in the last few days because the talking about her emails was ridiculous and it cost her an election and there was no reason to focus on it, uh, then you have no right uh, to say that the things happening to the former president right now are tremendously more important because it's the same basic issue. And the position that Hillary Clinton had was unique in a couple ways. She had a lot of really important Uh, documents and classified information and emails that just were easily accessible because they were out there in the private or in the public uh, places that she put them by putting them on her own private email account and not necessarily protected through government uh, um, versions and channels of communication. But beyond that, she doesn't have any ability to declassify anything because she's not the president. Thank God she never has been. Uh, And that's something that Trump would have had the ability to do. Every single thing he took home If he had felt the need right before walking out of the office as the president, he could have declassified it. It makes it unique. I think it makes it a more valuable version of we need to talk to you. We need to cooperate with you and get back these things you shouldn't have anymore. But we're aware that when you were president, you had access to all this stuff. 
Uh, I think it is it is valuable. But anyway, I digress. What's also interesting to me, and I know I've said this a lot before on this show or other places that I am, is, and I just want you to think about this, and then I'll move on to something else. Right now in our society, maybe more than ever, although I know at times politics has had a, a larger-than-life feel uh, in our day-to-day uh, version of just being people, uh, but right now maybe more than ever, our identities, the, the things that seem to be core beliefs of a lot of people, come from politicians, come from political spaces, and those politicians want that because they want you to vote for them. They want you to think that the most important issues of the day are things that they work on. And the real truth is that for a lot of us who just walk around in our day-to-day lives, that stuff doesn't impact us that much. Sure, inflation does. Sure, the cost of items at the grocery store hits us hard or the price of gasoline does. But there's a whole lot of things we argue about now that just don't matter to our day-to-day lives and we didn't care about before. We didn't go uh, yell and scream at somebody that opposes our view that's not actually a politician we dislike because we just didn't care about what other people thought in the world of politics. We just didn't talk about it as much as we do today. And I think that that, again, is a version of what goes on here. That hypocrisy makes everybody dig deeper, dig deeper onto your side. When the other side is screaming and yelling and being crazy and you see all the flaws that their side has, you want to, you know, kind of stand pat, uh, stand firm and maybe at times kind of do the same thing. I feel like a lot of us do that. So in the world, again, of this FBI investigation, this raid into former President Trump's home, if the Washington Post uh, reporting winds up being true and there were highly classified nuclear secret type of documents there, there's going to be a version of this conversation where we understand more, maybe in the middle of all of it. I still don't think you raid a former president's home. The political backlash of that's insane. But I do think you need those documents back if those are the ones that they actually recovered. And we don't know that. We probably won't know that for a while. Uh, Anyway, the CDC uh, the other day eased guidelines in the world of COVID. And this was the most nothing burger version of a story for the CDC that for a while uh, said a lot of things and a lot of people reacted to. Uh, Not everybody believed. But it's finally, according to the, the Center of Disease Control, basically over. No more recommendation to do things like wear masks, socially distance. Uh, No more uh, recommendation to isolate if you get COVID. Essentially, they finally come to the expectation or accepted the idea that a lot of Americans quite a while ago accepted. It's that COVID is a thing that's going to be transmitted in our society. And it's a thing that right now, you look at the hospitals or any of that, if you even go look at that stuff, which I'm doubting many people do anymore, it, it seems like we're doing okay. It seems like we're surviving it. So the finally loosened guidelines exist yesterday. And as I said, I don't even know how widely that was covered. I'm sure it opened newscasts certain places, maybe locally, but I'm sure it was moved on from quickly because Americans did that a while ago. Uh, Another thing I saw that was interesting in the news, Oprah Winfrey is suing a podcast. This is a real story, and I find this uniquely interesting. Uh, So in the world of podcasting, uh, I don't think you care a lot. I'm going to try to do this very quickly. There's a lot of these very niche things that exist, these deep dives into celebrities or maybe TV shows. Friends has one, a bunch of old school television shows. I hate that I just called Friends old school, by the way. As a millennial, I was uh, growing up with that one, and that should not be old school to a lot of people. I just made a mistake. I apologize to all involved. Um, But uh, Oprah got upset because there's one about her TV show. Uh, The Queen of Talk uh, is dissected in Oprah Demics. I I think that's the name of the show. Um, And it's two hosts, and they dive deep into some of the biggest things that happened during her run in daytime television. Oprah's upset about it, 
Uh, so upset, in fact, that now that it's successful and probably making some money, she's suing. She's suing for trademark breaches using her name and likeness. I'm sure that the podcast will try to argue some version of fair use uh, in all this. Uh, but it's an interesting development. One connected to Oprah, of course, someone that uh, people always throw out there as a name to run on the Democratic side of the aisle as president. Uh, and two, just because I think that um, for a lot of these things where the celebrity work or the celebrity is, is highlighted in great detail, people just let it go. They just move on. They're like, yeah, I'm not really, I guess, trying to make money off of that anymore. Uh, Oprah unique in wanting to, to make as much case as she can or shut the whole thing down. Uh, it launched just a little while ago in March of this year, and it currently only has 18 episodes, uh, but did get a lot of uh, traction, got a lot of uh, audience fairly quickly, and Oprah already wants to shut it down. Uh, and that's got to be a legal fight you got to be afraid of. I have to be honest. If you're the two podcasters, even if you have some sort of podcast company or other audio company behind you, walking into a courtroom against Oprah and her legal team <laughs> Not a world I want to be in. Uh, nobody gets a free car in that situation. I feel like other things definitely happen. All right. Uh, one other quick thing, and I just want to talk about this uh, before we take a break. Uh, I guess a little bit of a palate cleanser, too, in the world of serious news. Although this is ridiculous. Uh, a Florida woman was arrested recently for making 11,000, 11,000 harassing phone calls to 911 uh, to the police. Uh, her name is Carla Jefferson. She's 50. Uh, she would just call up the 911 number operator, whoever would answer, or the police station, and just complain to them, just harass them, belittle them, argue with them about the work that she thinks is unvaluable in the world of policing, and then eventually get hung up on. Uh, but she'd do all kinds of stuff, according to the report, the court filings. Uh, she'd have extreme expletives, sexual innuendos. She'd belittle every remark someone said to her. This is a person that's so unhinged, and I know that we don't totally blame I guess the the rhetoric itself for creating the crazy to this degree. But this person is so unhinged, she hears some of the stuff out there, defund the police, do that or not. So she just starts dialing emergency numbers and screaming at people every single day, 11,000 times, until eventually, finally, she is arrested. And I'm sure she's going to be in a, a lot of trouble. She has multiple other criminal uh, history marks already against her, multiple felonies, misdemeanor battery convictions, uh, a total of six years already spent in state prison. Uh, but remember, sometimes, I guess this is just out there in the world, uh, that when people do uh, react very strongly to some of the things that are that are said and thrown out uh, out there, uh, they go uh, this road. And I'm not telling you to clean up your speech. I very much believe in free speech for, for the politicians and the people uh, who say the things they say. Uh, but I think it's always important to remember sometimes who your supporters are. Uh, this woman, I wouldn't be proud if she was a supporter of my side of an argument. All right, a quick break, a lot more. Greg Collins filling in on The Chad Benson Show. As I say, though, Chad is the hardest-working guy, one of the hardest-working guys I know in all of radio. So even when he's got days off, he's still doing stuff. Here's some uh, information from Chad about Rough Greens. R-U-F-F-Greens.com slash Chad. Roughgreens.com slash Chad. I give it to my dogs every single day. It is amazing. Uh, people have been asking my dogs very kindly. All they're fine. Totally good. Everything's good. Uh, they you know, had a knife comfy place to stay while we enjoyed the hotel uh so they were living life large but i made sure to tell the people hey sprinkle this on top of their dog food they love it it's good for them they asked me what is it i said well it's got vitamins minerals probiotics omega three six nine it's like this incredible thing they were very curious about it they're, they're, i have a feeling they're gonna they're gonna try a bunch for all of the animals they're watching the region's simple it works my dog doodle is no longer limping in pain 
right? We got him. He was much older than they said he was. You know, mileage may vary. Well, his mileage seemed to be close to the end. We thought we had to put him to sleep a few years ago since we started him on Rough Greens. More energy, no skin issues, and his joint pains and hips, oh, so much better. Try it for yourself, Rough Greens, and want to send you a bag for free. It's not going to cost you anything except for, yes, kids, I'm going to say it, shipping. Ooh, a few bucks. It's on its way to you. Roughgreens.com slash Chad. R-U-F-F-Greens.com slash Chad. Roughgreens.com slash Chad. Chad Benson. Chad. I usually don't get into politics. As an ordinary suburban housewife, so a little disrespected. I teach my children not to name calls. You are a blabberman! A blabberman! Come on, man! Um, guys, can we please keep the chatter to a minimum? Chad Benson. Just a loud mouth. This is the Chad Benson Show. My name is Craig Collins filling in. Thrilled to be with you. Lots of stuff to talk about. Chad is back on Monday. Uh, I'm not being critical of this. I don't want this to sound critical uh, because it's certainly a a good thing. It's just an odd news story uh, that kind of reminds you that we still have everything going on with Russia and Ukraine. Still, there's an invasion, still a fight going on there. Uh, But a a news story that I think popped up a lot of places yesterday uh, and earlier this morning is that McDonald's will reopen their restaurants in Ukraine after shutting down six months ago. And they said they're doing this to create a small sense of normalcy uh, to create that back uh, in Ukraine. And again, not being critical at all of a decision for a company to reopen stores in a place that's still uh, seeing significant conflict. It's just odd. It's just an interesting thing because and I'm trying to put myself in the shoes of someone living in Ukraine, dealing with the life that you're dealing with every single day. I don't know how valuable the McDonald's reopening is uh, compared to the other things. But I'm sure there is value. I'm sure there is a sense of normalcy that might come from that. It was just a weird report to see a lot of places and an odd version of a reminder. So I'm just putting it out there. Again, not saying I don't want to be attacked for being critical. Uh, By the way, definitely don't attack uh, Chad. This is Craig Collins filling in, saying what I said. Uh, But it just just seemed weird that that swept all of our news stories, uh, that that was all over the place. uh, Because I don't know what the idea is. But like, way to go, McDonald's, I guess, is the take. Uh, But let's move on. Um, I saw this and I thought it was interesting. And I was trying to envision uh, having this experience, too. Uh, So earlier this week, a flatbed truck hauling a bunch of porter potties uh, that were empty, very good that they were empty, wound up losing a bunch. They wound up spilling all over the highway. They were even crashing into cars. So just imagine that, that it's Tuesday morning. You wake up, you you hit the alarm clock maybe a couple times to try to snooze it before eventually deciding to hop on the highway and get into work. And as you're driving into work, porter potties start getting launched out at you or other cars. I mean, that's got to be a day you're tempted to just turn around and go home. Like, yeah, it's not not for me. Today's not for me. I think I have a little bit of the report on this, too, uh, where they were talking about how odd it was, how strange it was to have this report be out there. We've got a truck that's losing porter jobs. We've got one caller who struck them and pulled over. I see a porter potty flying back at me and... I tried my best to serve out the way, but it, it hits my driver's side. Yes. I, I, it causes me to pull over. Yikes. I was so shook. I was beyond shook. I was like, is that a porter potty? I'm like, where did it even come from? Did they set it there? Because it was just standing. It was standing, but like rolling. Oh, hit it, man. I'm like, oh, my God. I think I just hit a porter john in the middle of I-94. Yeah. See, as I said, and I know that the one voice, the younger person who said they're shook a bunch of times, that's not the language we'd all use. Uh, but I, I would have 
gone around and gone home. I, I That day would not be a day for me. I would send whatever message I needed to, to whatever employer I had and be like, look, I woke up. I thought I was having a normal day. Uh, my car got hit by a porter potty on the highway, and I, I'm good for now. I'm, I'll see you guys on Monday, especially if it happens on a Friday. I think this was a Tuesday story, uh, but that's just got to be a jarring version of life, uh, to say the very least. Uh, I saw this also out there. 28% of Americans rate their lying skills as good or excellent. 28% of our society feels not only are they pretty good, but they're probably really great at lying. 5,000 people were polled in the survey. Uh, 23% said that they're decent at it. Uh, so that's 51% of the vote, vote total that said they're um, fairly sure that they can get away with a lie. 38% that they're bad or very bad at lying. And 11% weren't sure they're a good liar or not. That's my favorite percent because those people are definitely bad at lying if they're like, I don't know. I don't, or maybe they're great at it. Actually, let's go the other road. They're either or that 11%, but they're definitely the extreme version. If you can't answer that question, you're amazing or horrible at it. One or the other, definitely no in between. Uh, I do think that politicians are uniquely terrible at lying right now, I, especially our president. Uh, that's something I notice fairly often. Maybe our White House press secretary is that lying like used to be good. It used to be the kind of thing, and I've had this conversation now with a friend a few times. Bill Clinton's a great example. He did a great job of lying in a convincing way to a lot of people, even people that opposed him and thought he was not doing a good job in the role he was in as our president at the time. Uh, but he, he did. He had a certain charisma, a certain way, maybe a confidence about it. Uh, now the best version of lying you see out there is pleading the fifth, is, is walking away from the conversation entirely. I do think that's interesting. Having a president who hides from media uh, right now, as we do, is something that I think is, is tremendously unique compared to the good lying that used to exist. But 51% of people in this uh, country right now uh, feel they'd probably be a better politician than our current president. They, they feel like they can lie better. He definitely lies a lot, Biden, by the way. Don't take this wrong. He just lies poorly. Quick break, a lot more. Craig Collins filling in on The Chad Benson Show. Chad Benson Show. Independent thoughts, independent life. This is Chad Benson. This is the Chad Benson Show. My name is Craig Collins filling in. Uh, at times over the last couple of years, uh, my take on Dr. Anthony Fauci has been that he was a doctor giving terrible advice, like a lot of doctors do sometimes, unrealistic advice, I guess I should say, uh, asking you to change something in your society. Not really uh, the guy that he somehow attacked for being, or that he sometimes, excuse me, attacked for being. And then he kept doing stuff. I feel like every time I would trot that take out, he kept doing stuff that seemed to be absolutely politically motivated or uh, just arrogant in a way I can't comprehend as far as a human goes. Uh, there's a new one now out there. Uh, Dr. Fauci talking about the Fauci effect and people, uh, students going to school, uh, wanting to be truth tellers and wanting to have just integrity the way he has. I don't know if I've ever met anyone in my life that I considered a incredibly honest person who told me all the time how honest they were. People go to medical school now people are interested in science 
Not because of me, because people, most people don't know me who I am. My friends know me, my wife knows me, but people don't. <laughs> they don't know, know me. me. It's what I symbolize. And what I symbolize <laughs> in, a, in an era uh -huh. of yeah, the yeah. normalization of untruths yeah, yeah, tell us. and lies. Yeah, what are you? And, and all the things you're seeing going on in society. The embodiment of science. January 6th to everything else that goes on. That feels political. People the craving for consistency, for integrity, for truth, and for people caring about That's what he symbolizes. That's what Dr. Fauci is to Dr. Fauci. Integrity and truth. Those are the things that he symbolizes. Even though he also admitted at times he told us to do things like put a mask on when he kind of knew that wouldn't work. Dr. Deborah Burks also admitted uh, via her own uh, tell-all book that that stuff that they pushed hard on uh, and the vaccine stuff, too. They pushed hard on uh, telling you to get vaccinated to protect other people, even though a lot of the science said that that's probably not something that was really occurring. But no, this is the embodiment of truth and the embodiment of science in a doctor. It's amazing sometimes some of the things that that person has come to think of themselves. And again, uh, even though at times my take on Dr. Fauci has been, all right, you're a doctor that's been given a high profile you might not uh, completely deserve, even though I know he's got a valuable job in the world of of people that does what he he does, uh, but he's been given this this high platform, and he's just obliterating uh, businesses and whatnot with advice that isn't really practical to day to day life. Uh, but no, I think it's I think it's deeper than that all the time, and I think he demonstrates it uh, time and again just how much he believed the Fauci hype long before there was any Fauci hype to believe. Uh, I want to play this too. Uh, this is sort of in response to the fact that our president, uh, a guy who also uh, tells you he's just an everyday guy. Just an honest, um, hardworking dude uh, who gets confused a lot, doesn't know how to put a jacket on, tries to shake your hand more than once. These are real videos. They're out there. Uh, you can look them up. Uh, but uh, President Biden also said we had 0% inflation uh, last month, which was insane. And actually, literally just uh, a moment or thing, I think a few moments before he spoke the other day, disproved entirely uh, by consumer uh, spending and consumer reports that went out uh, saying just how bad inflation had got in just that month where he's like, it's zero. We're, we're doing zero. It's just a bad lie again, too. But here's a report. Um, a few different places had this. I think News Nation had this uh, about how Americans, some in California, are driving to Mexico to buy their groceries there because it's way cheaper to cross the border and get get uh, groceries in another place. For the seventh straight month, food prices in the U.S. have gone up, which means Americans are looking elsewhere, like even in other countries, for their favorite foods. If you're on a budget, you got to take care of yourself. Like Gibran Jimenez, who drove nearly two hours to get to Tijuana with a wife. Yeah. Two children and a third due next month. He says he needs all the financial help he can get. I got to save uh, like as much as I can. Every penny counts. And we walked with David and Maria McCarty across the border. They came for street tacos and a routine pet checkup. Cheaper. <laughs> it's much cheaper to do it down here. Everything. Everything is much cheaper to do, as he says down there. Uh, street tacos and a routine pet checkup are interesting reasons to walk across the border, I guess. Uh, but that, that tells you something because it's also a very significant narrative by our politicians to say how we have it way better than a lot of places do. We're doing way better than everywhere else. Everybody is struggling way more than us. And you have people, as we have a border crisis of our own and a lot of things going on where we have no interest in, in securing our border whatsoever, maybe inevitably when people see how horrible the prices are here, uh, they go back to these other countries, places like, as this report says in Mexico, uh, cost of living is tremendously less expensive. I just thought it was kind of a jarring story uh, to be out there in the world 
Uh, not because it, it doesn't make sense. If you can get somewhere where prices are cheaper, go. And if you drive two hours, that's a lot of gasoline to get there. It says something about just how uh, less expensive um, uh, groceries and things are. And I think that this is an ever-growing problem that you just deny. You just say it's got a 0% uh, amount of inflation, and then uh, it'll be fine. We'll go ahead and move on from there. Uh, I saw this story out there, too. Uh, this is just a, a quick, I guess, palate cleanser. And then maybe I'll get back to something a little bit more serious. Uh, but I thought this was interesting. Uh, millennial and Gen Z influencers, people on social media sites like TikTok, are starting to complain. <laughs> I can't even. I'm going to get through the story. They're starting to complain that they're getting burned out. That, it, that it's too difficult now <laughs> to keep making a bunch of money off of their viral TikTok content that's just dumb in nature more often than not. Or in some cases, an attractive person being attractive. Uh, but a lot of people are saying, man, they're just emotionally, they're physically exhausted. Uh, they're not sure that it's always worth it to put out uh, these things. Uh, one person makes $50,000 a year off their social media page, so not the millions that some make, but a living, um, certainly. And they said it's just too hard to keep having that constant hustle of putting things out there to get the likes, to fight the algorithms. I mean, this is the most hilarious uh, thing I've seen in a while. Um, if you can make money off your social media posts, if you can turn that into a company, and you can even obviously do it on the side, I don't think you have to do it all the time every day. You could go get a real job, make a, a real living a different way, and then actually have this additional income as sort of a side hustle. Uh, the government has told us for a while now to get a side hustle to afford inflation, uh, but I just think it's hilarious. And this is a story that's really out there, and a lot of people are saying that they understand the pain, uh, the difficulty. And being a, a famous social media, I mean, let's just for one second, just take a quick step and think about any time in society, how people would have responded to uh, fame. And I think this does happen. Musicians or, or actors, just famous people complaining that their jobs are too hard. Uh, people don't usually take that well. Uh, now the social media people are trying to do the same thing. And I have a lot of thoughts as to how that'll be received by maybe the people that aren't their fans. Their fans on social media might get it. Uh, a lot of the rest of us. I will not, but I just love that that story is out there. A lot of different stats for back to school. Uh, a lot of places are going back to school already, and I do think that that's wrong. I got to be honest. If you're in a place where you're already going back to school or you're going back soon, it's way too early in August for that. Uh, kids should not be back in school yet. I don't care if you extend out and give them longer breaks at other times throughout the school year. Um, getting a long summer break is one of the best possible things that you can ever get in school, and it's one of the things I miss most about being a child, so I'm not in favor of shortening summer break at all. Uh, the average American family will spend between 864 and uh, $1,200 on just basic back-to-school items. Uh, the average back-to-school items um, obviously impacted a lot, as everything else has been, by inflation. Uh, and I think that's only really for one kid to go back to school, but it's, it's crazy. Or maybe two kids for the average American family. Uh, but that's just insane. Again, to think about it, I did see that some uh, old school or just uh, a different generation things are starting to be things that kids want to bring back with them to school. You still got to get the laptop or some version of technology, but kids also want things like trapper keepers or gel pens. And as a millennial, I found that specifically entertaining. Uh, 54.1 million public school students uh, will return back to school. Uh, in the fall of 2020, there were 49.4 million public uh, school students. Uh, so that number continues to increase. I assume more and more people not paying for private education because of how, how strong it is or how expensive everything else is, excuse me. Uh, well, school calendars vary by state, 
uh, city and neighborhood. On average, American students spend 180 days at school in a given year. So about half the time. Again, I really, I really wish that uh, they would do a lot more break in summer for places that aren't. Uh, the U.S. Census Bureau Fun Facts Back to School Report, uh, which is out there if you want to read some fun facts. Uh, education paid off for adults in 2020 with annual salaries having risen uh, with each education level. Uh, this is something that you often see, I think, debated now. Uh, adult Americans without a high school diploma and an education below ninth grade made nearly $32,000 per year. Uh, well, high school grads, GED recipients, seven, uh, 39, excuse me, and college graduates with a bachelor's degree made an average of $73,000 a year. That is put out by the government uh, so you, or the U.S. Census Bureau, so you can distrust it if you want to. I do think it's interesting. I, saw, I think it was Tucker Carlson that was doing an interview and had the take, don't go to college. Just don't. Uh, with the amount of prices, the ridiculousness of it right now, uh, find a way to work your way up or, or learn whatever trade you want to learn and just skip the college education entirely. And I think a lot of young people will agree with that. A lot of people that have uh, gone ahead and, and signed uh, loans they shouldn't have signed, and it's definitely not something that anyone else should bail them out of. Uh, you're, I actually, I'll say this, I, I'll take a break, but I'm, I'm going to distract myself. I had, a, I had a longer argument with a young person that I work with um, about the student loan thing. And the young person couldn't get one point that I was trying to make the whole time. And it's the fact that at 18 years old, you are an adult. You are smart enough to actually read through paperwork you're putting your name on and saying, I will give this money back to these other people. The fact that we get to a point where we can't really agree on that, uh, and I know that this person probably had significant student loans, and they just want to blame somebody else. They just want to say, it's not my fault. This is the, the world I was trapped into. Uh, that is actually insanity. Like That, that is, uh, you might not have liked it, the system that's in place and how it might have changed over the years. Uh, but to say that you're just not at fault at that age for signing a, a financial document that guarantees you give back a lot, and then you choose to go to a, um, a school with a program that's probably not going to make you the money, you're supposed to make to pay back the amount of loans you're taking out. Uh, that that has got to be the line where people start to say, and when we talk about student loan forgiveness, uh, that you weren't some innocent victim, and it's insane to pretend uh, that you are. But darn it, it's just one of the the biggest hiccups I had again in this conversation uh, that uh, was very friendly for most of it that I was having with a a younger person. Uh, but I digress. Apparently, according to the data, a college education will make you more money over the course of your life. I do think there's a likelihood that there's high and low earners uh, stuck in that group of people, and you probably want to pick one of the professions that's on the higher end if you're going to go ahead and do it. But I just thought it was an interesting thing with back to school being something that, of course, we talk about more and more. Uh, and actually, also this, before I take a break, I did also see that backpacks are so heavy for kids now that um, more kids than ever are going to the emergency room with an injury from a backpack. And I have two takes on that. Obviously, I don't have any take that, that I intend to be at all uh, disrespectful or mean. If you have a kid that goes to the emergency room and you hear about that because somehow they got injured uh, because of their backpack, I think as a parent, you'd be livid at the school for whatever the heck you're making them put in the backpack that makes it that heavy. I also did have this take, though, and it felt a little good as a millennial uh, that back in my day, no matter how heavy the backpack got, I stayed, I stayed okay. Back in my generation, when you had that backpack that was insanely heavy, you somehow made it home safe. So I, I just wanted that to be a thing that I had as a reaction without you feeling as though I'm blaming a kid for getting hurt. All right, quick break. I tried to be very woke in that uh, last bit there. A uh, quick break, a lot more. Um, uh, Craig Collins filling in on the Chad Benson Show. Before I take a break, uh, because Chad is one of the hardest working guys in radio, as I keep saying, even when he has a day off, he talks about stuff. Here he is with a message about Eden Pure. 
EdenPureDeals.com. Had a uh, uh, client shoot me a, a you know a tweet over the weekend. He's a local client here with me, and he goes, "Hey man, I, I was listening to your show, and I got some of those Eden Pures." And I said, uh, "Awesome! What do you think of him?" He goes, "It's awesome." It's incredible. We got them throughout our, our office. We're going to order some from the shop because they have like a mechanic shop. I said, you're going to love it. I said, they just, it, it smells awesome because it kills smells. That's what Eden Pure does. So you go to EdenPureDeals.com, get the best air, uh, air you know, purifier around. It's small, black, little black box it looks like, right? You know, and it is, you just plug it in the wall, kind of turn it on. You let it do its thing. You never have to replace the filters. You don't do anything. You watch what it does. Because as you're watching it, you'll say, oh, it's kind of on the light. You can hear a little something. And then it's, mm, the odors are gone. Oh, yeah. Never have to buy filters? Oh, yeah. It's the Oxyleaf Tooth Thunderstorm. If you want the best air purifier out, if you want to save money, use code CHAD3 at EdenPureDeals.com, and you'll do both of those. You'll smell the difference. They don't mask the odors. They destroy the odors. Get free shipping right now and save $200. EdenPureDeals.com, Oxyleaf Tooth Thunderstorm 3-Pack. Right now, you're going to be able to cover your entire house with this 3-Pack. Go to EdenPureDeals.com, code CHAD3, EdenPureDeals.com, code CHAD3. Shipping is free. Code CHAD3, EdenPureDeals.com. The Chad Benson Show, where independent a la carte thinkers have a seat at the table and a voice in the dialogue. I'll have what she's having. This is Chad Benson. This is the Chad Benson Show. My name is Craig Collins filling in. I'm actually very excited about a scientific study I'm going to tell you in just a second. And that's probably not a great lead in because a lot of them are, are crap. But this one is one that I like because it selfishly helps me. We'll get to that in a second, though. Uh, first, Elon Musk is now teasing a brand new social media platform in the last few days. X.com, I think is what he's calling it. He would launch a rival to Twitter as he's in a legal battle to try to not buy, but maybe get forced to buy uh, Twitter. Uh, for a long time, I think now, a uh, long time is probably the wrong word to use, but for a little bit, uh, one of the whispers is that Elon would somehow partner with Truth Social uh, to create a, a social media platform that would be valuable, that would believe in things like free speech, and that would help fix some of the issues that might exist uh, with Truth Social so far. I'm not sure what platforms you're on. I know there's a good amount of people on Truth Social, but maybe not as many as the former president hoped would be on it. X.com. I don't know what that would mean or how that would go, but it's interesting that now the world's richest man uh, who actually sold more Tesla stock and has about half the money, I think, in the bank account right now, maybe a, a third of the money, that he offered to give uh, Twitter to just buy the company outright. Uh, something he did, he said, because he wasn't sure if all the uh, people who were going to invest with him, partner with him, uh, some of them might get skittish after this legal battle stuff. I imagine they might. Uh, but the man is wealthy enough. He could sell enough uh, Tesla stock to just buy the company and, and own it as just uh, him, just all by himself. And I would, I would still find that interesting. I know a lot of people still want that uh, as social media continues to be a place that's confusing and how it uh, applies certain rules. Um, but I do think that talking about other potential competitor stuff uh, leans closer and closer to the, man, if at some point uh, Elon does own Twitter and doesn't love all the stuff going on there, selling to Truth Social could be something that makes a lot of sense, or at least uh, allowing them to partner in on it is something that can make a lot of sense.
All right, here's the scientific study, selfishly, I wanted to throw out there just quickly. Uh, a brand new study out of Paris said that there's a reason why people feel tired, physically tired, uh, when all they're doing is thinking very hard. Uh, the reason I love this study so much is that the mental fatigue thing is not super well understood. And uh, when I do come home sometimes from a long day at my job where you sit in front of a microphone and say stuff into it, sometimes the missus doesn't really understand why I would be as tired as I say I am. And she's right. I'm not, you know, working in a coal mine. I'm not doing any of those very hard physical jobs. But I guess a buildup of amino acids, other brain chemicals, might make the brain feel like you're tired, make the body feel tired, according to this one bit of research that probably very few people care about. And I probably sound uh, as silly as I, I feel like I sound when I'm talking about it, but I love it. So you can be, according to Science Now officially, at least one study out there, it's probably going to be disproven soon, physically tired from doing no physical work and not want to do anything on the weekend when you just kind of want to lounge around. On this story, as I said, tremendously selfish. Uh, for myself. But yes, I'll do the yard work, honey. It's fine. I, I know I didn't do any actual physical labor all week long. All right. Uh, Craig Collins filling in quite a bit more. That got me in. I think I'm going to have to hug the missus. A uh, quick break. Uh, a lot more coming up in a bit. This is the Chad Benson Show. Independent thoughts, independent life. This is Chad Benson. This is the Chad Benson Show. My name is Craig Collins filling in. I guess my hot take of the day is that Attorney General Merrick Garland definitely did not need to give us a three to four minute press conference where he told us basically nothing uh, the other day and also waste our time by announcing the time and then showing up 45 minutes late which I don't think I'll ever understand. The fact that so many of these press conferences start as late as they do. You pick the time that day. I would hate to be friends with these individuals because I know they're never making a movie, a lunch meeting. They're never making anything on time uh, ever. Uh, but here, this was one of the only two moments that I think had any news value whatsoever uh, from the Attorney General. I personally approved the decision to seek a search warrant in this matter. Beyond what he said there, he also said that he was willing to, and he actually, uh, they... Uh, submitted paperwork with the courts uh, to go ahead and unseal uh, the warrant itself, uh, the search warrant uh, that was used to raid the former president's home earlier this week. Uh, that's not going to be all the information. A lot of people will tell you that you actually need the affidavit stuff uh, that the search warrant is then uh, created based on. That stuff unlikely to be released by anybody, uh, certainly even unlikely for Trump and his team to have. Uh, but I think that would be a valuable follow-up conversation when the things that get released don't give us the insight we're hoping for. But other than those things, uh, my joke is that I think the attorney general didn't have to give the press conference at all. In fact, anytime anyone in the world of politics intends to give us a press conference that's essentially useless. So I guess our current administration does this pretty much all the time. What I think they should do instead, and I'm a juvenile, this is funny to me, is just play this uh, viral video from years ago of kids making fart noises with their mouths. Uh, and I think one kid with his armpit. Uh, because to me, it's the same thing. And I know this might be juvenile and not funny to a lot of people. Remember, it's children doing this. Their joy is infectious. If you watch kids one after another be told that they're allowed to make a fart noise on a video and then go ahead and do it, and then you put all that together and put it up on the Internet, 
They're just uh, joy abounds. And so really, instead of wasting our time with mostly dumb, uh, like lack of information press conferences, do this. <laughs> I still like it a lot. <laughs> yeah, armpit kid. And then that girl uh, made a noise that she said she hears from time to time when Pop's in the restroom. And that doesn't sound healthy. I think he's going to have to get checked for some things. Uh, but yeah, and there's multiple uh, minutes. I think there's even an hour-long video of just that in a loop. I would laugh every time, even if I was a member of the press corps and I showed up there and they kept trolling me, uh, kind of like Paul Rudd would do every time he popped up on Conan O'Brien, throw to the news clip, and then it was definitely not, or the video clip, and that's not what it was. I would be down for this troll to exist forever because really most of these press conferences are useless. Uh, a large majority of them are completely useless. As far as things that we've learned since, uh, Merrick Garland told us almost nothing. Uh, the Washington Post did re- uh, did report that um, their belief or their inside information uh, says that one of the things that the FBI was looking for was highly classified nuclear technology types of documents. I find this interesting for a couple reasons. And here's the deeper dive I'll do on that topic today. Uh, you may remember that back in 2019, uh, then President Donald Trump uh, had effectively gone around Congress to share uh, nuclear power information specifically, I think in order to make nuclear reactors and things that would help uh, power civilization with Saudi Arabia. That was something that did happen uh, during his time in office. So if a president who took home a lot of paperwork uh, from when he was in, in office, paperwork that he then worked with, and he says willingly, his team says willingly, with the FBI for months and months, over a year, to decide what stuff could and couldn't be kept at Mar-a-Lago, if any of the paperwork from those negotiations, those conversations, uh, wound up being in these files somewhere, uh, there is a chance that actually something that did happen under his watch papers, he would sign. I'm sure there's a bunch of other reasons that the president would be privy to things like that. Uh, But I just find it interesting that potentially, and this is my assumption, from going in from over a year ago when the FBI first started trying to work willingly with Uh, Trump and his team, uh, they might have known that there'd be a likelihood that some of this information could, quote unquote, be nuclear weapon type of stuff. Um, And I would say that if they are using this as the political excuse for the thing they did, if that wasn't necessarily information that because I I guess the only other thing that makes sense to me, the thing that I found most powerful in the argument against, because it's you're not going to get a a long way. You're not going to do a lot of valuable work if you argue with someone that it's okay to have top secret nuclear um, power types of information out there in the world, even for a former president, even behind a locked door in a safe uh, somewhere at Mar-a-Lago. However, I would just say this, the government took a real long time to care. If they would have known about this or been suspicious about this for the entirety of the time they worked together, waiting over a year to raid a guy's home for that type of information actually would be sort of uh, negligent on the world of the FBI for not doing it sooner. Uh, so it is interesting. And it was kind of the joke that I think a lot of people would use, like, well, what if it's it's uh, nuclear weapon information as sort of the only thing that could possibly explain the FBI choosing to raid the home of a former president who was working with them. Now, what's also interesting about this, to move away from that point, is that uh, former President Trump on his own social media platform, Truth Social, said that he's not against any of the documents and information related to the, he said, un-American, unwarranted, and unnecessary raid and break-in of his home in Palm Beach, Florida, Mar-a-Lago, he encourages for all of that to be released immediately. And what he's actually saying there, uh, by the way, is much more than just the warrant, 
much more than just the search warrant or the receipt of things that were taken. He wants the affidavits. He wants all of the different accusations that were made and all of the stuff that was actually found, uh, that claim from the FBI. And those are things we won't get. Whatever comes out will be uh, the accusation without the proof uh, when it does come out. And it'll also be a lack of actually telling us whether or not anything was located, at least for the time being. So I do think it's interesting that the president, the former president is saying he's on board with putting it all out there in public, letting us understand better what the FBI was actually after. Um, and that if they don't do it, probably to the full extent that he would like them to, he is likely to complain more. Uh, but I think that this is something, and I've said it a few times, and beyond what I've said here, I feel like it makes sense. And you might hate the take. Honestly, if you feel like you already know the answer and the outcome, you've seen this movie several times before, accusations, media buildup, telling you that the former president is going to be in a, a whole bunch of trouble, and then he's not actually in any trouble at all. Uh, if we've seen all this before, I understand the idea, but I think we need to keep waiting, uh, waiting to have the definitive uh, final take when we actually have all the information. And I'll say then that if it, if it is what it looks like to a lot of people, a political investigation and a political rating of someone's personal home, I think Trump's the next president. I think that's a slam dunk version of a conversation for that individual moving forward. If the inevitable end results, not the accusations, not the, the um, stories that go out there with the unnamed sources, but the actual end of the day, what we finally eventually, I think as a society, will have to learn. There'll be too much of a demand to just let it always go. And I do I'll also say this, I guess, before we move on from that topic entirely. I do really love Chad's take uh, talking about how if you ever get former President Trump into a courtroom to be tried for anything, it will be impossible to get a jury that is impart. It'll be fully impossible to find any members of our society, I think, who don't have some inkling of a decision already in their brain before they sit in that jury box. So Chad is absolutely right about that. And that makes the uh, prospect of eventually trying him for something in any of the legal things that, that Trump is seeing right now as utterly, utterly difficult in the world of actually having a fair uh, and balanced jury. Uh, one last thing. I just want to say this, totally shifting gears, and then we'll take a break. Airline seats have been getting smaller for years, according to a recent study. Over the last 15 years or so, airlines have been shrinking the size of the uh, leg room, the entire sitting situation of most people. Uh, this is something they claim that due to federal regulations might eventually stop. They might be as tiny as humanly possible already. They might not get any smaller. Uh, shrinkflation might not hit that any harder. I just thought it was interesting. I think the LA Times reported on this story uh, that the U.S. Department of Transportation does not impose any standard on leg room, et cetera, uh, but that there might be some uh, cramming in problems that we get to eventually. So it's just good news. For anyone, I'm sarcastic about that, by the way, anyone out there that was worried or thought they were going crazy every time you get on a plane and you feel like every bit of it got smaller, uh, tinier, like it's not really built for uh, adult humans anymore, uh, you're not crazy. It's definitely true, and it might stop. Although, again, uh, based on the sources and the information here, I'm going to say I doubt it will, actually. A health study did also say that it's probably unhealthy, uh, the size of the uh, current uh, sitting situation on most planes. But ah, darn it, uh, that, that industry's been challenged. How do we get back? I think eventually there might be the, like, sitting on a lap thing. I'm not saying that I approve of it. I'm just saying I can't, I can't fully uh, discount at some point in the future having two seats stacked on top of each other somehow with uh, legroom being completely non-existent. Uh, quick break, a lot more. 
Uh, Craig, I hope that never happens. Uh, Craig Collins filling in on the Chad Benson Show. As I always say, though, Chad is one of the hardest working guys in all radio. So even when he has a day off, he's still doing stuff. Here he is with a message about Rough Greens. I do love my dogs, and my dogs are happy and healthy thanks to Rough Greens. Vitamins, minerals, probiotics, omega-369. Dr. Dennis Black, I spent time with him uh, on Friday on the phone hanging out. He's got new, all this new stuff coming out, including, I'm going to say this, little Vitabites. They're incredible. Oh, my goodness. Oh, Lord, they get to have Vita gravy. Oh, it's just the dogs are going to name up. And my dogs are going to be the first uh, as they go through the testing process uh, because they're brave enough to do so. But it's got vitamins, minerals, probiotics, omega-369. You sprinkle on top of their food. Their food comes alive. My dogs are happier and healthier than ever before. Like I say, Doodle can't see anything, and he, can, and he doesn't hear very well. But he should have been gone a long time ago. But you know what? He's loving his life. More so than I could ever remember, and I love that. And it's all because of Rough Greens. Try it right now. Two-week jumpstart. Grab it right now. R-U-F-F-Greens.com slash Chad. RoughGreens.com slash Chad. Grab your free bag of Rough Greens. You cover the cost of shipping. A bag comes to you free. Try it right now. RoughGreens.com slash Chad. States? Uh, no. Deep doo doo? Yeah. The Chad Benson Show. This is the Chad Benson Show. My name is Craig Collins filling in. Chad is back on Monday. I don't mean for this to be a Debbie Downer of a segment right now, but I wanted to talk about it just quickly. Uh, hypochondria or hypochondriacs are much more likely now than ever before in our society for a variety of reasons. Uh, they say that obviously COVID 19. Now, monkeypox or whatever uh, the next, I guess, uh, valuable or just viral conversation we're going to have about illness uh, exists in the world is making people um, acutely afraid of anything from a headache, a case of the sniffles, a sore throat, a rash, anything. You immediately spiral into the world of what do I have? Uh, how sick am I? And that's not good. Uh, but beyond that, too, just social media and the existence of the Internet has caused a lot of people to already be very illness uh, anxious uh, and have uh, symptoms of being a hypochondriac. Uh, so I just thought this was very interesting that now more than ever, uh, according to uh, psychologists, more and more people are going to be so afraid of being seriously ill with something that's not a serious illness that you might eventually feel worse than you should feel by the illness itself. We're essentially making ourselves at least a little bit sicker uh, through our brains. Uh, so we need to figure out a way to stop that. You know what's so funny about that? Um, the president was coughing a bunch the other day when he gave a speech. And I'm sure most people in that room probably thought to themselves, and he had just tested positive for COVID-19 a whole lot of times over the uh, previous couple weeks, that like that that feels like something I shouldn't be so close to. Uh, there was a time when we didn't feel the need to immediately move away from someone in public if they coughed kind of hard. Now you see it constantly. Now that's one of the many versions of, I think, this problem uh, that a lot of us are facing or a lot of people are facing. So uh, wait for something to actually be uh, serious. Uh, before believing it is. I think that's the advice. We'll see if we all follow it well. I just figured I'd put it out there. I also saw, I like this study a lot. I saw that um, when adults were asked whether or not they'd like to return to college uh, with kids going back to school in the next month or so, depending on where you live, maybe uh, some people have already seen kids uh, return to school, which is way too early for that. Uh, but if it's something that you're, you're seeing, uh, you'd wonder as an adult, is that something you want back? Four out of five adults said that they would like to go back and fix their their college experience or their college education, four to five. I don't know who they asked. I don't know if this was predominantly young people or just uh, people all across the board, 
Uh, but I can't imagine that this is actually true of a bunch of the people I know. So this might have just been a very odd study uh, because there's two things about college that you definitely usually don't want to fix. The first one is the experience. Depending on what experience you had, uh, a lot of them, I feel like if you're fixing it, you might also be ruining it to some extent. Uh, but beyond that, just also fixing the the amount of maybe trying in classes or getting better grades, all that. If you're at a point in your life where you've uh, definitely found whatever it is that you're doing professionally, and it probably has nothing to do with the education you got, I, I think you're fine. I don't think going back to school is the right move for a lot of people. And I just don't believe that. That's one of the studies I've thrown out there that I really can't think of a lot of people in my life that are like, oh, yeah, I want to redo that whole thing. I mean, unless you want to do it for fun. It's not to change it. There might be aspects of it, but maybe I'm just revealing a lot about how I went to college myself and the people that I know, the degenerates that I hung out with uh, when I was getting a quote-unquote education that definitely hasn't helped me in the career I have now. I also saw this, uh, that family dinner is a thing of the past for a lot of people, especially younger Americans. Uh, average um, family only spends about three meals a week together, if that, and that's with loved ones, maybe not the entirety of the family, but like anyone. Uh, a lot of us are, are eating these meals, uh, I guess, alone or eating these meals on the move and uh, with people around us, but not really all eating at the same time. Uh, they're saying this could be a, a big cause of some of the divisions, some of the challenges uh, we see in our society. Uh, they actually say that a lot about religion, about faith and how young people really don't have any faith or any religious values at all. And maybe that also has an impact on our ability to just be a society that's more uh, empathetic. I think, uh, to other people. But I think this is very interesting. Uh, this is very telling uh, in just how maybe distracted or how much um, moving parts exist in our day-to-day -day lives. Uh, my wife and I do try to have a meal together every day. I'm not trying to brag. It's 100% on her that she creates that desire, that need. And there, there's something nice about sitting down, however maybe old um, uh, values it might seem to younger people out there, sitting down, having a meal uh, not really having to do anything else, uh, but just focus on eating and conversing with the people you care about and then living the rest of your life back on the uh, social media sites or back on the technology devices. Uh, there is something valuable about it. And I, I guess I'm not surprised in that study uh, that they're saying a lot of people aren't really getting that experience anymore. Uh, one last quick thing, uh, just before we take a break here in a second, uh, another study of just a, a tremendous amount of them now have said that health uh, energy drinks, excuse me, specifically, are terrible for our health. Uh, they said that they actually cause something. This is terrifying to anyone who drinks these, myself included. And I started this segment by uh, talking about hypochondriacs. So why don't I end it by something that might turn me into one? Uh, the silent heart attack is something a lot of people have before you have one that you actually know about. Something can happen. Your heart could uh, have essentially what is a, a mini heart attack and you wouldn't even know and some damage could be done. And energy drinks are a huge part of that problem. Thanks, science. For making me scared. Quick break, a lot more. Craig Collins filling in on the Chad Benson Show. The Chad Benson Show. Independent thoughts, independent life. This is Chad Benson. 
This is the Chad Benson Show. My name is Craig Collins filling in. Chad is back on Monday. Uh, I saw a story about an upcoming Netflix show, or actually, I guess this would be season two of the Netflix show, Untold, The Girlfriend Who Didn't Exist. Uh, And this is where they do deep dives into stories and people uh, who got catfished. Uh, What I thought was interesting about it is the name for one of the people that'll be on an episode of season two, a name you've probably forgotten if you ever knew about it all in the world of sports, Manti Teo. Uh, He was a Notre Dame linebacker who had a fake girlfriend that told him a lot of crazy stuff and then wound up being a dude. Uh, And a lot of people made fun of Manti at the time, uh, 2013, for the long distance, never see the person in real life girlfriend, but start talking about them in interviews and whatnot. Uh, It's sort of an unreal story, and it's one that I guess we'll get a lot more information about uh, via the Netflix show. Uh, But actually, part of the description says that even though there was a lot of ridicule, uh, thrown the way of someone who could be tricked like that, uh, that maybe a lot of compassion uh, will be found as you dive deeper into it. Uh, it's so interesting to me because I've been watching some of the other deep dive sports shows, The Captain. I'm a, I'm a Yankee fan. I know a lot of people won't like that, uh, but I think The Captain's a great show. Well done. Well done documentary. Obviously, of course, everybody remembers uh, The Last Dance and how important that seemed in a world where sports wasn't really around. Uh, but so this show uh, or this uh, episode of this uh, story uh, one where this uh, person uh, who did, I think, wind up getting drafted in the NFL but didn't have uh, a terribly valuable career there uh, says that really it ruined his entire life. Uh, the fact that not only was he catfished and actually believed that he was in a relationship with someone who didn't exist, which has got to be rough in and of itself, but that it was as high profile as it was. It was like kind of came to, to define him as a person. Uh, there's a lot of things that I just thought were interesting about that. So uh, interesting show on Netflix you might want to consider if you want to just ruin a few days and either feel bad or maybe laugh at someone. I still don't get it. I will say this about a story that hasn't been talked about in years and doesn't deserve much more of a take than what I'll say is it's hard to understand how you could get that serious with a person you've never met. But we do have a lot of stories like that now uh, via the pandemic and whatnot uh, where people got married over Zoom and never actually met in person and then get divorced within months of being around each other in real life. All right, let's go to something more serious Uh, something more valuable. I thought this was interesting that it was getting criticized so heavily on uh, social media. Trump's lawyers and the former president uh, have said a lot of stuff over the last 24 hours or so. I've done a lot of interviews, uh, claims of things that, if true, uh, do definitely seem fairly confusing. Uh, Things like the FBI not allowing lawyers to stay as they raided the home uh, on Monday. Uh, That's one of the things that came out. But then there's also been this big push for Trump to just release any of the um, search warrant things, any of the things that his team has been given. And one of his lawyers made the argument that that's actually not a valuable approach. And a lot of people criticized it. I want to play it because I do think it's interesting when you talk about why people would do stuff legally, why legal reasons would cause you to make or or not make certain decisions. Uh, And I do think there's way more value here than we're giving to people who a lot of people are just going to assume are trying to hide something. I don't think they're trying to hide and to his credit, the president, the former president, uh, Donald Trump on social media on his site uh, said he desperately wants a lot of information to be released to the public. But here we go. Uh, it doesn't appear at this time like we would object, but the court has ordered the Department of Justice to coordinate with us and to work on uh, you know, how that release would take place and what that would look like. Our team has responded. We have reached out to the de- Department of Justice to coordinate that and have not been able to make contact. So we're waiting to hear back from them, and we're very eager. I mean, we know that people want information, and we're eager to uh, respond as best as possible in coordination with the Department of Justice. So we're just waiting to 
hear back from them. Okay, well, you guys have a copy of the warrant, and you're given a receipt at the end of an FBI right. search warrant. Why wouldn't you just release that yourselves? Well, this is part of the discussion with the Department of Justice. Of course, we're trying to do everything in accordance with the law and uh, the well, way there, there, that... There's, a, the, we've, there's absolutely nothing preventing you guys from releasing it, though. Before I even play this last answer, this, I think, is a very uh, valuable and often heard narrative that you're going to um, probably talk to friends, family about if this sort of thing comes up in your day-to-day -day conversations. And I, I do think we always forget, oftentimes when we look to, say, one court case, to prove or disprove something we believe about society as a whole, uh, which I always say is wrong. You always have to see those court cases individually, see the crazy people who do crazy things as individuals and not um, people that represent that what we can and can't say in public or what politicians can and can't say is, is um, a valuable pivot in that conversation. Uh, we always try to uh, create, I guess, a, a macro solution to micro problems. Uh, but here is that reason, according to one of Trump's lawyers, that they wouldn't put this information out themselves. Criticized heavily, but I think I get it. Other than decorum, I mean, we're trying to work well with the Department of Justice. We've been cooperative this entire time, and we'd like to remain cooperative. And we have reached out to them and are waiting to hear back. So uh, You uh, say you've been cooperating the whole time. The president said that as well on Truth Social. Yeah. Yes, uh, and they continue to say uh, time and again that they're trying to work as, as closely and as um, positively and willingly as possible. And so what I think is very interesting, when you think back to Merrick Garland's press conference the other day, and how most of it was a waste of our time. Uh, one of the things he did point out is that after the raid, the FBI didn't publicize what they had done. Former President Trump put up on his platforms uh, that he had been raided and complained about it and caused it to be an issue, where now the FBI is saying uh, we should release all these documents. And actually, if you go and read the five-page uh, thing they submitted uh, to the courts to request unsealing of the search warrant itself, it points out how at the time when they requested the search warrant, they asked that it be sealed because they didn't believe that it would be a very important story, which is insane. And more or less, I'm, I'm uh, paraphrasing that. That's not exactly the way it's positioned there, but that's essentially the intention of some of what they said. Then after the profile in this has been raised so high at the fault of the former president, they now believe it's in America's best interest to release some of this information. And they actually say uh, in that in those documents that um, in that raiding the former home of a, or excuse me, raiding the current home of a former president is something that obviously would have a lot of interest to Americans, which is sort of in conflict with some things they say earlier on in that document that they asked for it to be sealed originally because they didn't assume it would be the story it is. Uh, but I just think it's, it's so valuable to remember that these sides are at odds and that whatever it is that uh, Merrick Garland or anyone says, if you're someone who's in the middle, confused what to think on all this stuff, no matter what they say and what they say Trump is capable of doing, there are valuable legal reasons or maybe potential uh, versions of making an argument in a courtroom down the road that help or hurt a certain side of the aisle, a certain side of the issue. And so it, it does make sense for Trump to do things like not oppose the release of information, but not continue to put it out there on his own. And so I, I do think that's valuable. And I do think a lot of people that were up in arms about that or sharing that just probably didn't understand uh, the legal nuance there. Uh, in other news, just other things out there uh, that I think are interesting. Four out of 10 Americans say that life is back to normal after the pandemic. In a recent survey, I think this is out of Philadelphia. Uh, four in 10 feels like a number that's low. Uh, that feels like a number that definitely should be much higher. Uh, but then I would also say the CDC just the other day finally decided to change its recommendation and tell you 
that it's totally cool, it's totally fine for you to go out in public without a mask on or, or go into buildings without a mask on. You don't need to social distance anymore. You don't need to quarantine if you get COVID. The CDC just got there the other day. I think a lot of Americans have been there a lot sooner than this, but I thought it was so, so very interesting uh, when we have these conversations and you see uh, surveys and polls and things where people are asking, is life really back to normal? And actually, you know what? Uh, to, to hang on that for just a second, I've been having a lot of conversations recently uh, with people that work in the restaurant space, uh, either owners of, of small businesses or, or people who work in those spaces. And that's one of the fields, one of the, I think, industries that has obviously struggled time and again throughout a lot of the last few years of our life. Uh, but people that work in those fields now are saying they still see a difference. They still see, say, uh, people wanting their tables to be further apart or people being reticent of this or that. Um, one restaurant that I've talked to, an owner, uh, owns a pizza place. And he said years ago when he opened the shop, he bought this giant table and he put it right in the middle of his pizza shop because he thought to him it would be so cool to see strangers, see people get a slice, sit down, and start having conversations and for a while, that worked. Now, he said, the big giant table in the middle of his restaurant is actually harmful. He actually had to reconsider uh, how it was positioned or where to put it or eventually consider just removing it entirely from the dining room floor because not only do people not sit at it, uh, people get weary when, say, a large crowd comes in and takes the whole table. And how, how much of a shame is that? How much of a um, potential impact do those kind of things have? Uh, I'm not trying to be a fear-monger person here or again, a Debbie Downer on the show. Uh, but we talk about how separated at times, at least we feel, when you look at things in a certain way. And I do, and I'm sure a lot of people believe that most Americans, when you actually talk to people, are nowhere near as, as far apart on things as, as they tell us we are. Uh, but then you think about those things, and you think about the way in which maybe interactions and, and whatnot have changed. And the fact that this one guy, years ago, opens a pizza joint, is so excited about the idea of watching, you know, friendships, connections get made while he's cooking pizza uh, just day to day. And now he says it's something that he actually has to remove because it hurts his business. Uh, that, that's a change we don't want in our society, I think. Uh, but it's an interesting one to talk about and maybe one reflected by a survey that says only four in 10 Americans feel life is fully back to normal. Although I'm sure in a lot of other ways, maybe it's not. So maybe they're right, uh, but it's a shame. I guess is all I'm trying to say. Debbie Downer of a segment. So we'll take a break here. Uh, after the break, I will talk to you about sillier, lighter things. I will say this, though. Chad is one of the hardest working guys in all of radio. So even when he's not working, he's still doing stuff. Uh, here he is with a message about Eden Pure. Eden Pure. Here's something that will save you money and make your house smell delicious. It's the Oxyleaf 2 Thunderstorm. Plug it straight into your wall. You're going to get three of these things. Absolutely incredible. They're super quiet. And they do not mask the odors. They're an air purifier that doesn't mask the odor. A lot of them mask odors, but when they go off, the odors are still there. Not this. This is something completely different. It destroys the odors, and it is truly amazing. Your air will be cleaner, fresher, with a little hint of a thunderstorm. Oh, yeah. That's why they call it the Oxleaf 2 Thunderstorm. Get yours now. Use code CHAD3. Save yourself $200 and get free shipping. EdenPureDeals.com. Code CHAD3. EdenPureDeals.com. Code CHAD3. Running with scissors sounds great compared to this. Say woo! 
This is the Chad Benson Show. My name is Greg Collins filling in. A few other quick, sillier stories out there. I don't know how you'll take these, but that's the world we live in now. Let's go ahead and try it. I find them uh, silly. Uh, a, a bear that was, quote-unquote, intoxicated in Turkey uh, had to be rescued recently. It had consumed large amounts of hallucinogenic honey. Uh, that kind of seems like the kind of thing that shouldn't exist, or at least they should do a Winnie the Pooh episode about it, although I think I've seen that, actually. I think the the crazy dream-like animals, I'm now deep diving into Winnie the Pooh. You don't need it. Maybe they came from hallucinogenic honey. Uh, but this bear was just sort of wandering around rogue, um, people then assumed that maybe something uh, had happened that caused it, uh, and then they figured out that, yeah, he had ingested a large amount of what the bear is probably just a regular day of sweet, sweet honey, uh, but actually was something that was laced and should not be the kind of thing you should be having. Uh, but he's doing fine. The ministry said the bear is in good health and will eventually be returned to the wild if asked social media users to help come up with the name. I'd also ask social media users, excuse me, to help come up with a name for the bear uh, that they're releasing back, and I'm sure those names will be great. If you ask the internet to name a bear that accidentally tripped on on drugged up honey, there's no way they're going to go a road that's not going to be valuable or a road that's going to be disrespectful or a road that's going to make a lot of sexual innuendos. There's no way that's what's going to happen. Uh, but yeah, that's a story that's out there in the news that I just, I probably loved the headline to that uh, more than the rest of the information that intoxicated bear rescued after having a, a heck of an evening or a heck of an afternoon, I think. Uh, a 16th century log of swan ownership. <laughs> Sorry. I should. Uh, okay. Let's try this again. It went up for auction uh, recently. Uh, people are actually going to spend money on this. Apparently back in 1566, there was a book uh, that was created uh, and laws and ordinances regarding swan ownership. Uh, this happened uh, here in the United States, actually. Uh, or no, excuse me. This happened in the UK. Uh, this is incredible. Uh, the fact that it goes uh, so far back and talks about so many different things in the world of, of swan ownership and that people would actually want to buy this. Um, I would have hated to be the person that had to record all this. I like the the bear and the hallucinogenic honey story. I'm not sure I'm anywhere near as big of a fan, uh, but I guess anything, anything that has historical value is likely to make a, a pretty decent chunk of change. Uh, the 1570 Order of the Swans uh, record is what is available. Uh, I'm not sure exactly. I don't see anywhere here to the exact amount they think it'll go for. I think they're guessing uh, something like 20 grand. Uh, but I hope someone rolls in that just really needs all this data and wants to keep this on display. And then I, I like to make this joke whenever I talk about crazy stuff like this and collector's items that wind up going up for auction and people buy. Just as a regular person, and I don't know if you know anybody in your life that might one day throw down 20 grand on a 1500s book of swan ownership. Uh, details, um, but how you would feel if you went over somebody's house, went over their home. I don't know if they bring that up right away. I don't know if that's a enter the door pitch to you uh, thing to come see uh, conversation starter. Maybe it's a halfway through the evening. You've had dinner at somebody's house and they're like, oh, by the way, have you seen my swan ownership book? I just always wonder how you feel in that moment. I think that's how I would decide to buy or not buy anything. Uh, even like athlete stuff, even more normal collectible things. Uh, I knew a person that uh, had a collectible piece of of what he thought was very valuable sports memorabilia from Michael Jordan, uh, but it was something that maybe a lot of us wouldn't really care about it much. I think it was like a chewed piece of gum or something. And I just, I wonder, again, how you deal with that. Uh, maybe if you have a significant other in your life who doesn't love the fact that uh, on display in the man cave, you got a chewed up piece of gum from the greatest basketball player in the history of the sport. 
Uh, but I do, I think I will always factor it in that way when I decide whether or not something is, is uh, a spendable moment for me. Uh, but darn it, I will be proud of whoever goes ahead and, and buys uh, this thing. All right, there's another story I wanted to talk about. I wanted to give, me very, give myself very little time uh, to cover the topic because I don't really have much to say on this topic specifically. And I'm glad that the show is about to be over because it really makes sense to bring it up now. Uh, but Tommy Lee started to circulate on social media. I think this was yesterday. And I was thinking to myself, like, man, why is, why is Tommy Lee uh, out there being talked about? I know there's that limited Pam and Tommy series that dives deeper into the relationship of the two of them. But what other reason could Tommy Lee be out there in the world? And apparently, uh, the reason that he was out there is because he put up a social media photo uh, that was very revealing. I think that's the best way to say it. A full frontal uh, social media photo came up from Tommy Lee out there in the world for people to, to I don't know why, uh, but maybe see. I got taken down on some of the platforms it was on. Uh, censorship is a thing that definitely exists in social media. Uh, usually, I think they're censoring uh, a lot of different, uh, maybe not this sort of thing. Uh, but I think Instagram, Facebook, owned by the same company, took it down. Uh, the weird thing, and this is what's circulating online and why it might be trending if you look in your Twitter um, trending topics, it's still available on Twitter. That's something they don't censor. So the next time you have a conversation with anybody about anything and how unfair or, or how it makes sense that Elon Musk wants to buy Twitter because he wants to make it free speech, I feel like a winning argument just might be, it just could be, the fact that they ban uh, politicians, they uh, censor speech in the world of what they think is and isn't appropriate as far as political rhetoric goes, but they're totally fine with Tommy Lee putting up a unique version of a photo and having that just be out there in the world for anyone that wants to see it to see it. If you're wondering this whole time, if the question crossed your mind, did I go look at the photo I'm talking about? The answer is no. I have no interest in that. I don't need to be uh, uh, someone who's seen that because I feel like you'll never get that back. Uh, This is Craig Collins filling in. Chad Benson is back on Monday. This is the Chad Benson Show.